MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking on my own minute. Alcohol by Volume? I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'll bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid kid. weird guy. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol by volume. Alcohol by volume. I no, shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. Right? So you're blaming the drunker. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunker, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Like a barf, drunkie! Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. It is Tuesday, October 29th, the last show of October 2013. You are listening to Alcohol by Volume on morelikeradio.com. If you want to Skype in, Skype name, Alcohol by Volume, all one word, or the phone number, 862-345-7125. The easy way to remember that number, 862-ALCOHOL, for those of you that can still spell at this point in the evening. Check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. And of course, like the alcohol by volume Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And finally, I, well, almost added stuff to the beer tasting list, the ABV beer tasting list, tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. I at least added the names of the beers that I've been drinking lately in there. I have not added the actual details of them. But I put the beers in there so I don't forget because I'm a lazy, forgetful bastard. Actually, no, I'm just I'm very busy. And whenever I remember to actually do the stuff, it's not a time to do it. Or I don't have a computer or a phone or whatever in front of me and just all sorts of shit. But add your beers on there. You'll see how we do it on the list. Uh, price per bottle, the alcohol content... Uh, the brewer, all that, the name, obviously. You can put your name in a column, open spreadsheet, add what you want. I trust you guys not to vandalize it. You've been good so far, unlike the rest of the internet where shit just randomly ends up vandalized for whatever reason or another. Uh, okay. I swear. I, I was jittery as fuck before doing this show. I attributed it to... Having a coffee this afternoon, which has usually not been a problem, but uh, maybe I'll chalk it up to work or something. Just fucking me over. I don't know. Anyway, uh, this weekend, I have another 5K coming up. I did this particular one last year, but it was postponed later into November because of Hurricane Sandy. I think they had to hold it off like a couple weeks. The weekend that the 
5K was supposed to be going on, I actually had no power at my house. We were without power for about 12 days, so that was kind of bullshit. These 5Ks, they got to start allowing me to have a beer waiting for me at the finish line. I, I would run faster for that, especially in the cold. Then again, in the summer, I'd be running faster for it too. I don't know. Because uh, the only thing I do more than run, obviously, is drink. I practically run every day now. It's ridiculous. I, I am not a health nut. That's the thing. I run so I can drink and eat shitty food. It, it, you'd think it's kind of counterproductive. But speaking of my drinks, the beers I had this weekend... Well, I picked up a six-pack of Sam Adams Blackberry Wit Beer. I know I've talked about it on the show before. I've had it before. But if you like the balance of Sam Adams Cherry Wheat and if you like blackberry flavor, give it a shot to mix things up a little and just kind of stray from your usual stuff. It, it's not overly strong. Like I said, it, if you like the balance of the Sam Adams Cherry Wheat and you like blackberry, you'll probably like that. Then I got a limited edition. Wow, I was able to say that. From Innocent Gun, their Oloroso Cask Ale, which is a uh, kind of sherry, I believe. Uh, limited edition release. I've yet to have a bad beer from Innocent Gun. Uh, pretty much, they nail it across the board for me. <clears throat> Ugh, excuse me. And I, I think I've gotten more flavor from some of their other cask beers. I know, like, uh, like rum, rum cask and stuff like that, bourbon barrel, things like that. The subtleness of this one, it was still enjoyable. I'd get it again. I didn't enjoy it as much as some of their other ones. But again, for a limited edition release, I'd be happy to try it one or two more times. Um, and Innocent Gun, they're one of the few brewers that I get beers from where they still use clear bottles. So I always worry about, for some reason, depending on where the stuff is in the store, whether it's going to skunk or not. Usually places that stock it are pretty good about that. And I think Innocent Gun has pretty good turnaround anyway. And then the one that I'm actually drinking at the moment from the uh, large 1.9.4 fluid ounce bottle, it's Dogfish Head's Kvasir. I'm assuming that K is supposed to be pronounced. I talked about this one last week. It's the newest in their Ancient Ale series. 10% alcohol by volume. It's described as a tart and herbaceous hybrid Scandinavian grog brewed with lingonberries, cranberries, birch syrup, and herbs. Now, before I open this, I was worried that this was going to be one that I would love or hate because when they say herbs, that can be very, very hit or miss for me. Herbs can be very flavorful or they can make you feel like you're drinking a pine tree. And I was worried that this one might go into pine tree territory. But all the other stuff in there, the the lingonberry, cranberry, birch syrup, honey, cranberry juice, and the fact that it's... It, it's tart. They say it's tart, which I'm good with. Grog. Well, I'm a fan of the Monkey Island games, and who doesn't like grog if you've played those? So, let me take a drink here. And it's weird, too, because I I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Dennis in the chat saying weed is an herb, just saying, yeah, I haven't had that in how many years now? Uh, it is 2013, so per holy shit, probably at least nine years. God damn! Although th- th- there are there are some uh, weed inspired beers out there. I mean, I know I've talked about those before. I don't know how well that particular flavor works in beer, but anyway. So 
when I logged this on Untapped, and if everybody wants to follow me on Untapped, I'm alcohol by volume on there. All one word. Uh, at least I think it's all one word. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's maybe it's three words. I could be wrong. I don't know. Anyway, when I logged it on there, the person that had drank it before me, Bo, that's his username, Bo, um, and yeah, I am alcohol by volume, all one word on there. So his description is exactly how I see it. He said, I want to write something about this, but I keep having to take another drink to figure out what to type. I suggest you try it. This beer is honestly like that. I think I know what I'm about to say for it. And then, then I've kind of lost it and I got to take another drink. It's a very, very different drink. The first taste I had of it, the herb kind of hit me at first, but then it was kind of canceled out a bit by the tartness of it. And you know me, I like I like tart, sour beers. So that really spoke to me in that sip. But then I remembered the herbiness at the beginning. So I had to have another sip. And then that herbaceousness, I don't know, I'm using all different variants of the word, that seemed to mellow out this time and balance more with the tartness. And with, with each subsequent sip, I'm getting different flavors out of it, a different feeling out of it. I, I'm almost actually getting some of that some of that burn, that warmness that you might get from like a chipotle ale, something with peppers in it. I don't know if that's coming from the herbs here, maybe coming from the birch syrup, maybe maybe even a little bit of the honey. I honestly don't know. But if you like dogfish head beers and you're interested in trying something a little different that is apparently very hard to describe properly in words... Check this out. It's Cavassier, not Cavassier, but Cavassier, K-V-A-S-I-R. Only comes in the large bottles. It's 10% alcohol by volume. It's got, well, it's got a chick on the front that looks kind of like, uh, fuck, what's her name? Wow, holy crap. I'm forgetting the actress name, the the one that plays uh, Pepper Potts in in Iron Man. I've uh, completely, completely forgotten. I don't like her anyway, though, so, eh. Uh, but check it out if you can find it. I happened to find it this weekend, and my wife insisted that I buy it because I said, oh, I talked about this on the show. She's like, okay, buy it. I'm like, oh, well, if I want this too, we'll buy that then too. And then I tried to weasel into more things, but I think I was overstepping my bounds there. Um, so, let's see. <laughs> Redhead McTitterson. God, God damn it, Mitch. Somebody give me an actual answer. I hate the fact that... Wh- why do I... What the fuck? Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. Ugh. I fucking hate her. Oh. Dennis is a... Kvasser. Kvasser? He's asking if I'm... Sure, it's not Kvasser as an accent on the second syllable. That that actually may be the case. Um, I know there's no apostrophes, no accent marks in this at all to indicate any kind of. I don't know. I don't know shit about language anyway. Um, let's see. I don't know. I, I'm re- like the details on the, the details on the side of the bottle. Second syllable probably pronounced seer, so Kvasser. Okay. And there, I th- I'm assuming there is a um, like real world equivalent for this. 
the description on the side of the bottle. She was a leather-clad priestess, a member of the upper class, and in most in the most northerly limits of Scandinavia. Her tomb-guarded recipe for millennia. In her day, before grape wine arrived from the Near East, alcoholic beverages were cocktails of sugar-rich ingredients like grain, fruit, and honey. With help from biomolecular archaeologist Dr. Patrick McGovern and Swedish brewery... Oh, Jesus Christ here. Ninashimus Angbrigari. I think I actually got that right. Uh, we've unearthed the secrets of her tart, complex grog, and we're sharing our modern interpretation with you. Oh, Dennis is hitting it with Norse mythology. Thank you, Dennis. So, Kvasir. I think I'm getting that right now. Ask me in an hour, and there's no way I'm going to be able to do it. So, I, as you guys know, I tend to frequent Reddit, just for random stuff, not even necessarily for beer stuff, just totally random stuff. And there was an interesting post on there, didn't have to do with beer. Guy working at, it was like a Walmart or a Costco or something like that. Apparently some nut job went into their meat department and took a syringe and poked it into every package of meat they had in the cooler there. Steaks, chicken, sausages, you know, pork chops, everything. They had to toss all this shit because who knows what the fuck was in that syringe. That's not the part I noticed in the photo that this guy showed of all the disposed of meats. No, there was a pallet behind all the disposed of meats and behind... On that pallet was a case of Sam Adams Winter Lager, which, of course, makes me think, holy shit, the winter beer's already hitting us? I mean, it feels like we just, well, then again, the pumpkin beers have been sitting around for a while, but it feels like it, some of the some of the autumn seasonals have really just hit us, and now we're already getting, you know, the winter ones coming in. I haven't seen Winter Lager by me. I'm still totally fine with the, the Sam Adams uh, Harvest Pack or whatever the fuck it's called, but... Eh. At least we weren't seeing winter lager in August because that would have that would have, that would have just been too too much. And speaking of the uh, oh okay, let's see here. Dennis is uh, giving me a little bit more of the uh, of the etymology of the word. The root kvas in kvasir likely stems from the Proto-Germanic base kvas, meaning to squeeze, squash, crush, or bruise. And I guess that might lend itself to the fruits that are used for this, I suppose. I'm, I'm not a historian. I'm not a language scholar, but I can guess. Okay. Anyway, um, getting into some of the, you know, seasonal winter kind of brews, ciders are always a good choice this time of year. For some reason, ciders are just seem to be best in the autumn time. Because that's when you think about going apple picking and all that kind of stuff. And obviously you get ciders when you're, you know, pumpkin picking. And if you're getting your Christmas tree, you still get cider and donuts and all that stuff. Well, DraftMag.com, they had a nice quickie primer. Normally I don't do a lot of stuff from their list because they seem to be a little bit more obscure than I like. Um, but this one, it had to do with how to select a cider. There was actually some practical stuff here. It had to do with pairing, um, not pairing it, but picking a cider based on what kind of beer or spirit that you like. So if you drink cocktails or malty beers, try sweet ciders like Crispin Honey or Teton Apricot. 
They say their fruit notes and roundness echo those of gins and vodkas and beers from Wits to Doppelbox. Now, if you're, unlike me, if you're into the really hoppy beers, then the ciders you'll want, they say you'll find the palate-snapping sensation of dry ciders similar to IPAs. This has been my problem when I've been picking out ciders. Lately, the ones I've grabbed have been the drier ciders, and that explains why I haven't been that into them. So, they say try Snowdrift Dry Cider or Alpenfire Pirate's Plank Extra Dry Cider, both made in Washington State, and keep an eye out for special release dry hopped ciders. Now, if you sip barrel-aged beers or whiskey, there are barrel-aged ciders. Just like the beers, they take on that earthy wood and the floral notes, and they're just as comparatively pricey as their beer cousins. A couple of the examples they give here. Watering Angus Oak Aged Dry and any release by Argus Cidery. Not quite sure where they're from. And then this, this gets uh, more into me here. If you're reveling in sour ales, look for the tart, funky, sparkling ciders made in Normandy, France, and their American counterparts. Complex but clean, Finn River Fire Barrel has the style's uh, signature, effervescence, and acidity. So, there is a way to pick out your ciders based on the beers you like. For me, I'm going to be heading more towards the sweet ciders or the tart, sparkling ciders. Or if I can find the barrel-aged ones, I'll be going for that too. And actually, there is, um, it's not a, I don't think it's a, is it barrel-aged? Um, it's not barrel-aged, but there is actually a new cider that Woodchuck is going to be doing that I am rather interested in. Um, even though I wasn't as impressed with the pumpkin as I thought it would be. But this one seems to have some potential to it. But I'll, I'll be getting into that at the end of the show when I do new beer releases and stuff for the week. Um Boo, I'm not doing that joke about Dickens Cider. Ha ha ha. Um, all right, Mitch said... Uh, Mitch is uh, mentioning a stock stockyard oatmeal stout. Sherry got it from one of those hipster stores, Trader Joe's or something. It's okay, not too overpowering, which is nice, but the flavor is kind of flat. Yeah, I, I always say oatmeal stouts are very, very hit or miss. And again, at the end of the show, I'm going to be... There's another oatmeal stout, but it's a, a mishmash combination oatmeal stout that if they if they did this right, it'll be fucking awesome. But if they don't have the balance right, it's it's going to be nothing special. Again, end of the show. Keep you listening. Because that's when I do the new beer releases and reveals. This Saturday, coming up is Learn to Homebrew Day. Learn to Homebrew Day was established by the American Homebrewers Association, the AHA, or AHA, in 1999 to encourage people to homebrew, especially important this year because now it's legal to homebrew in all 50 states. That would be a good day for me to get my next homebrew going if I actually had the foresight to get my recipe mix or whatever in time to do so. I know uh, Mr. Beer has, I think, like a 20% off sale on some of their seasonal stuff. So I don't know, maybe I'll make an Oktoberfest or something. I don't know. But if anybody's interested in that, check out homebrewersassociation.org slash pages slash events slash learn dash two letter or the, the letter, the letter two, the word two 
dash homebrew dash day. I'm not repeating that. Rewind the podcast if you're not listening. Ah. And then, reverse microwave chills beer in 45 seconds. This is just a quickie, quickie, quickie tidbit because um, uh, I don't know how useful this would necessarily be. But it says it chills beer in 45 seconds without getting too much into the sciencey stuff of it. They say they use a start-stop rotational sequence to create a Rankin vortex. To which I say, huh? Eh. Um, essentially keeps a drink in its original state while quick- quickly bringing down the temperature. Uses 80% less energy than many standard drink chillers. Blah, 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 blah. This would actually change the way I choose beer at the store. Now, this would have to be affordable for me, obviously. And it would have to not take up a lot of counter space. Because I don't have shit for counter space because I have everything else on there. But this would change the way I choose beer at the store because sometimes I'll buy based on what's cold if I don't have anything at home in the fridge because when I get home, I want to drink something immediately and I don't want it to be warm, or room temperature at least. Or if I find something I really want that's not cold, I'll buy something from the cooler in addition, which means I'm buying way too much beer when I'm out and that causes problems with my liver apparently. Or so they say. Eh, I don't buy that whole thing. But it, th- this would be interesting. Not a necessary kind of thing. Um, weird thing on this page. Was it a businessinsider.com? I got this article from another... Ugh. Okay, S- some of the links they have here. Deep fried Twinkies burger. Bacon body wash is the closest thing we'll get to bacon showers. Mm, bacon. Uh, City Sioux Sriracha complains the, complains the factory's glorious odor is irritating residents. Well, fuck them then. Move. Sriracha owns you, fuckers. Mm. Uh, and I think this is the last. No, no, I got two more. Two more tidbits before I get into into the story that I teased on the Facebook page earlier today. Um. Oh, Jesus Christ. M- Mitch is posting diagrams in the chat. Velocity, core radius, uh, R, and your bird. Shouldn't there be pi in there somewhere? I think. I don't know. I, I, I did not do too well in geometry, which that's probably not geometry, is it? That's physics, is it? Ah, fuck. See, I'm... Yes, Mitch, I am stupid or something. Definitely stupid, and possibly something as well. Ah. Million dollars of well, why am I laughing at this? Million dollars of damage at Yingling's North Tampa Bre- North Tampa Brewery from a fire this past Saturday. Uh, police and fire crews were called to the Yingling Brewery in North Tampa shortly after 8 p.m. Saturday and found the building engulfed in flames. This is from the Tampa Tribune. Officials say the blaze was started accidentally. Uh, Firefighters climbed five stories to enter the building, met with dense smoke, high heat conditions. Uh, They had the blaze under control about an hour after arrival. No word on the cause of the fire. Uh, Said early Sunday was accidental. Exacted cause and origin have yet to be determined. No brewery workers injured. One Tampa firefighter sustained a minor injury, transported to a hospital, later released. And they've estimated losses due to smoke and fire damage in a million dollars. Fire damage to the structure accounts for a vast majority of that figure. So... Whether or not this will affect Yingling distribution, probably not hugely in the long term. It'll be a short-term kind of thing. 
Still kind of sucks, though. And the last little tidbit before, again, I get into news stories proper. This one, uh, I have I have personally entitled, Don't Be a Douche at a Beer Fest. The ultimate beer fest in Orange County was forced to cancel their second session due to, quote, unruly behavior. Now, if you remember the beer fest that I went to last, they, they had problems their first time around. And they opened, they split it up into two sessions. And it worked brilliantly with them. They they took to heart all the problems they had the first time and fixed them. It was brilliant. Now, this one, they they had a bit more of a problem. And it makes me realize that it could have gone so much worse at that beer fest that I had been at. So this is from the Daily Pilot. Uh, Orange County Fairgrounds officials canceled the second session of a weekend beer tasting event because of, quote, unruly attendees earlier in the day, event organizers said Monday. But in a prepared statement, Fairgrounds officials countered that they shut down the Ultimate Beer Fest OC session Saturday because its promoter and show manager, Karma Media Group, was not, quote, readily responsive to, quote, operating deficiencies. So apparently, what was happening was... There were inadequate staffing levels at the vendor booths and the checkpoints for people coming in. And, of course, people were drinking too much. And there was a lack of following necessary beverage management protocols, as they say. Now, mm, pie. Mm, okay. Um, now, I think of the beer fest I was at. Even even the one that that we were waiting outside for two hours in the cold. Once we got inside, yeah, we were drinking a lot. Yeah, a lot of us were drunk in there. But we don't act like assholes. We don't act like douches for it. This one, apparently, the, the drinkers were getting just stupid drunk. Come on. I mean, you expect to get drunk at a beer fest, but don't act like a fucking ass. But apparently, there was also problems with the people managing the booths. In addition to the long lines because of understaffing, this was, uh, let's see, by Tuesday afternoon, dedicated page set up to offer refunds, blah, 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 blah. Um, was shut down by fairgrounds management due to violations by some session one attendees who decided that tasting was not enough and a few breweries that supported this action, and this is the tipper here, by filling and passing out larger containers to consume beer. At a beer fest, that is a no-no. I don't know what California law is like when it comes to that, but you don't want to fuck with that. You really, really don't want to fuck with that. And I'm assuming this is uh, Orange County, California, not uh, Florida. Uh, Actually... Yeah, okay, good. This is California, so I don't seem stupid there. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, the brewers were causing some of the problems there, too, basically over-serving. There's a reason, first of all, legally, I'm assuming, because I know at the fest that I go to, they're only supposed to serve you a maximum of, like, two ounces a time. Um, but th- there's a reason you don't want to over-serve, because... You know, two ounces again and again and again and again and again, that adds up. If you start adding larger containers into the mix, I mean, I don't know if they were handing them pitchers or something, but they brought this on themselves and they fucked themselves over with this. 
I don't really have a problem with them closing down that second session. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, God damn it, Dennis. Yeah, stupid drunk. Too many pitchers of shitty beer. Threw up all over the parking lot. <sighs> I'm never going to live that down. But hey, it's good for the show. Good material for the show. And apparently I have to top myself my next birthday, right? I have no idea how that's happening. Ah. Okay, I can go one of two directions here. I think... Uh... Wow, what are we... Oh, okay, I'm, see- I'm seeing food in the chat here. Uh, Dennis posted a picture of a pie. And Mitch has said, while looking for pictures of pie, he stumbled upon a website called Cooking for Assholes. Terrible website, but lots of recipes, and he got distracted. Excerpt from one of the recipes. This stuffed log is sure to please your lady of the hour, especially when she gets a taste of the salty, creamy, white deliciousness. You explode it all over the dish. Don't skimp on the sauce, since the ladies are always impressed by overabundance. Trust me. Uh, are they? Like, especially when it gets in their eye? Are we not talking about that? I don't know. Oh, my next birthday shots in the city. Uh, that'll, 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 uh, ooh, at the German place in Hacked. Oh, yes. Okay. I, I like that idea, Dennis. I like that idea. Yeah, because it, before I drank beer, I did a lot of shots, but I think I had a better tolerance for some reason when I was, uh, at least for hard liquor when I was younger. Now I can do beer just fine. Hard liquor, <laughs> that'll fuck me up pretty good. Like, um, like, like the vodka show. I'm going to have to do another vodka show with the next couple months just because my liver demands it. Mm. Now, Dennis, that German place, do they have German food as well? Because I know that'll you know cut down on the, uh, the booze impact, but German food is delicious. Okay, yes, they do. Good. It'll be worth it. It'll be totally worth it. Okay, toss them between two stories here. Um... You know what? Let me let me hit this one first. And the other one I can I can run into break pretty pretty easily. Oh, authentic German food place in a microbrewery. That is that is my kind of place. Okay, uh, got a video here. A lot of you have probably listened to this, and let me make sure one of my other tabs is muted because, oops, shit, what did I just do? Because the site has one of those stupid fucking autoplay videos and I want to make sure it does not autoplay on me so if you hear crossover audio that's why okay Triumph the insult comic dog visits the great American beer festival let me cue this up here and hopefully it's not too loud the great American beer festival also known as the distant fathers expo yeah, that's about right. Uh, especially, well, then again, look, looking at some of the people that they they profiled during this uh, beer festival, some of them didn't look like they were uh, suited to be fathers. Every year, hundreds of people come to beer festivals like this one to see what it's like to not drink alone. Yes, this is the opposite of AA. This is alcoholics conspicuous. It's also. Is it, I find it amazing. After all these years, Triumph is still, still good, still awesome. A craft beer festival. Yes, there are thousands of unnecessary micro brews on display here. But when it comes right down to it, any one of these beers will make you more racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm 
still find it funny. And and I'm I'm not gonna play the whole video just because it, this video is like seven minutes long. But this guy with a fucking you came on handlebar mustache. You don't have oh. to this no, we don't. We, we do a few kegs at a time. Right. And we, we call that small batch brewing. I see that you also bathe in small batches. And, and guys like this seem to seem to be taking it very seriously answering questions. Have fun. It's a fucking puppet in front of you with a cigar in his mouth. It takes a lot of time and patience. You've got to keep stirring and stirring. And uh, at the end, there's way more yeast than you thought there'd be. <laughs> All right, let's see what you got here. Yeah, they actually, nice they actually yeah, had nice him. Had this they actually had the puppet drinking these things. Now, what's this Tweezanale? Tell me about. We know Tweezanale. Gluten free. It's certified gluten free with strawberry puree oh and delicious make... buckwheat honey. Gluten free. Yeah. Gluten free beer. I don't want to. I don't want to try it. I just want to uh, sniff the area where your balls used to be. <laughs> Dogfish head. They they seem to they they seem to be okay with this. Um, let me see if I can skip forward in a couple places here. No. Oh, okay. This was the part I wanted. Some names. You pay attention. All the good hobbies were taken lager. This is why I'm morbidly stout. Stout. I like that. Gay after three beers. Start a fight with your lawn jockey ale. And by the end of the night, I'll say the end word lager. How you doing? It's very sweet. Yeah, this this part baffled me. There is a guy here with one of those baby slings on the front of him with a baby, with a baby at a beer festival. I would never, ever, ever, ever think of bringing my kid to a beer festival. But that, that's basically some of the highlights of this one. If you want to check it out, just look on YouTube for Triumph Visits of Great American Beer Festival. You'll find it. Uh, it's under the Team Coco uh, YouTube account. It was it was worth worth a watch Robert Smigel like Dennis said in the chat Robert Smigel's fantastic it did an awesome job with that I mean how, how long has he been doing Triumph it's it, it it's probably gotta be I wanna say close to probably close to 20 years at this point yeah so, okay since late 90s so not quite well yeah so, since late 90s I mean it 15-ish years maybe 15 16 so it's been a long time but check that out. Look it up on YouTube. Triumph the Triumph visits the Great American Beer Festival. Now this is the story, and I don't know if you heard the uh, the autoplay kind of kicked in a little bit because this site like randomly refreshes itself. I have no idea why. NineNews.com, Colorado's news leader, can't figure out that you don't want an auto playing video on a page that auto refreshes. That's fucking retarded. But anyway. This is the story that has drawn my ire. High school biology class project has parents bitching and moaning, or as 9news.com has decided to give a sensationalist headline, high school beer brewing class draws concern. Fucking journalists that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Let me cue this up here. 
Craft brewers will tell you it's an art. There are even college degree programs on brewing. A way to talk, lady. Yeah, yeah. I think you've been tossing a few back yourself. Beer. However, when it's a biology high school class, it raises questions about possession of alcohol and underage kids. Again, it's a biology class. Fermentation is a biological process. Dave Delosier found some parents of students at Ralston High who say it's in conflict with underage drinking awareness. She loves experiments. Okay, this is going to be getting into a parent that just pisses me off. Now, you remember that middle school kid? He did a brewing science project. I think he was in like sixth grade or something. And that brewing science project is going into space to see if they can brew beer in space. And I was surprised that no parents had complained about it. Well, this fucking makes up for it. And if you're listening to this on podcast or if you're listening with headphones, watch out. There there will probably be yelling at some point during this. And learning new things. But when their 15-year-old daughter, an honor student, came home with the new thing her class is learning, it got their attention. When I was cooking dinner the other night, my daughter um, brought me a paper saying, look at my next project. Um, it's on alcohol fermentation, and I think I stopped dead in my tracks. And- oh, God! Alcohol fermentation! Oh, God, the horror! Teaching a function of nature! Those fucking assholes! I'm gonna show them! I'm gonna ruin it for everybody else! I mean, if, if you can see this woman in the fucking... Oh, in the video. You know what? Let me see if I can get a screenshot here. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, let's save that to my public Dropbox so you can see what what a snooty cunt this woman looks like. Snooty cunt dot JPEG. Okay, let's go to Dropbox and let's go to public and look for snooty cunt dot JPEG. Uh, copy public link. And let's go into the chat. Image. Here is Snooty Cunt. Yeah, yeah. Helicopter Parent Supreme. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch addresses this perfectly. It's healthy to demonize something instead of addressing the issue head on. Um... Wait, there's a new Jack Conti video? I need to see the new Jack Conti video. I'll have to look at that later. Um, let me make sure I get back to my folder where I need to be. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Where the hell am I at? Oh, okay. Back to the story. And said, it's on what? <laughs> While they are too young to legally possess it, the honors biology class is learning the process necessary to brew beer. The project synopsis says it will focus on the ingredients, equipment, and process of brewing beer. But it also states, quote, in no way does this assignment promote the use of alcohol, but rather a deeper understanding of the anaerobic respiration, unquote. It just doesn't make sense for you to say to a student, these are the effects, this is what it can do to your body, to your mind, to your life, and then say, and in case you decide not to listen to our warnings, let's teach you how to brew it. The project also allows students the chance to earn 10 extra credit points. The students are offered extra credit for touring Coors Brewery in Golden. In a statement, the Jefferson County School District told Nine News, while we value the efforts our teachers make to inspire learning in our students, we will be reviewing the assignment in question. Meanwhile, any parent who feels this is not an appropriate activity can request an alternative assignment covering the same content, something this family is doing. We contacted the school and informed them that our daughter would not participate in this project. 
in Arvada. This is Dave DeLosier, 9 News. Jeffco School says the alcohol fermentation project has been taught at Ralston Valley High School for the last eight years, and this is the first complaint they've received. We learned about this story from a news tip. If you have a story you think we should cover, call us or go to 9news.com and click on news tips. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Let me close this window so it doesn't kick back in again. <sighs> okay. So this program has been taught for the last eight years without any complaints. None. None whatsoever, no complaints. Uh, why are they suddenly popping up with complaints now? Hold on a second here. I'm just pulling something up because I'm realizing my Dropbox decided to be weird with a little something here. And I want to make sure that downloads. Uh, restore. Okay. Something did not sync properly with my Dropbox. Okay. Ah. <laughs> yeah, Mitch says, it's obviously bad in the last eight years. Lots of children died, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, you only see this one parent in this news piece that they mistakenly titled Beer Brewing Class, which it's not, it's biology class. So, some overly sensitive parents have to ruin it for everyone else. Thankfully, they're not ruining it, but they wanted to because they don't trust their own precious little snowflakes with alcohol. So, from the article, uh, this cunty mother says they've informed the school their daughter won't be participating in the project as it relates to the brewing of beer. Late Monday afternoon, they were informed their daughter's project would focus on the process necessary to make diesel ethanol. Now, at least it didn't ruin it for everyone, but now this fucking whiny douche nozzle's daughter gets to be singled out. Which means her parents are probably going to, you know, with this kind of bullshit behavior, they're going to drive her to drink more than this project ever would have. Um, Dennis has a good point. When I, we, he, or I'm sorry, uh, Mitch, he said, when I have kids, I'm going to make them drink shitty, shitty, shitty vodka or something that not even I would drink that'll hold them off for a while at least. Yes! Okay, D Dennis hits it right there. Why be a parent when you can demonize everything you can't handle teaching your own child? <sighs> I mean... I, I, I know George Carlin had a bit on this. I, I, I know his, his bit had to do with actually touching your child, you know, actually holding your child instead of putting him in a sling or something. But I know somebody else had something like this too, where... It, it, it might it might have been Louis C.K. even, where, you know, it, it, talk to your fucking kid. Just because you're too scared or too much of a fucking, okay, too much of a fucking moron to be able to handle things with your kid doesn't mean, first, you don't want to block them out from it all. And you don't want to rely on everybody else to do it for them. I mean, that's that's what happens when, you know, boys discover internet porn. <laughs> um, okay, okay, Mitch is right. You know, he'll say, you can have a drink here or there at home, but if I catch you drinking somewhere else, I'll rip your ears off. The way it was with me, my my mom realized I was drinking when I was a teenager, but she also said, you know what, if you're at a party... And you need a ride home for whatever reason, just give me a call. 
Simple as that. It, it was it was kind of an unspoken thing where, yeah, I know you're going to do this. As long as you're safe, fine. You know, with this, I mean, you know, speaking of my parents, though, my, my, my parents, you know, kind of, you know, religious types. And as a result, in, I think it was middle school, it might have been, it was seventh or eighth grade, there was, you know, one of those sex ed classes. And you had to have the parents sign a waiver and everything to allow their kid to be in them. And my mom didn't want me in there. So, of course, I was the weird kid that was not allowed to do the sex ed class. And meanwhile, I still lost my virginity at 15, which probably had a lot to do with the sex ed class lack thereof. Um, but by singling out this kid so she has to do a different project and everything and doesn't doesn't get to be included in what everybody else is doing, these parents are just fucking over this kid. I mean, we know how brutal kids can be when they're different. I think a lot of us dealt with that bullshit. Oh my god, I'm I'm getting into getting into my inner demons here. Uh when you're different in school, you're subject to a lot of bullshit. Um <laughs> Oh god, no. No Mitch, no. But I mean, th- this poor girl now has to do a completely different project, and everybody's going to know. Oh, you're doing you're doing the ethanol project. Oh, your mom complained about it. <laughs> Hopefully, this girl's resilient enough. Otherwise, eh, she'll be an alcoholic by the time she graduates high school because of her parents, not because of some biology class. And the the important thing about this class is this is actually real world application of the knowledge. If if I had real world application of knowledge in classes that I took in high school, I might not have fucked off the past or you know, the last two years of high school. By the time I was a senior in high school, I didn't give a shit. A lot of people are probably like that. I I, I showed up an hour late. Um, my my first my first like couple hours of class, it was like a radio and TV class where I, I was. It was like an independent study kind of thing. I had taken it. I had taken that class the previous three years. The teacher adored me, and one day when I was late, she gave me a detention slip just to feel like she was doing something teacherly. She knew I wasn't going to serve it. She just kind of wanted to go through the motions with it. Um, where the fuck was I going with this? Okay, junior and senior high school. If they, if if classes had actually taught stuff importantly, the way. Let me rewind here. If classes that actually taught real world real world applications of things, even math classes, how to balance a fucking checkbook, never covered that. Never covered that in school. Never remember that. This is real world application, not necessarily what. Oh, see now now I'm now I'm seeing the chat. I'm tempted to get to my phone here. I don't know why. Um. It's not necessarily a real-world application for everybody. You're not going to be homebrewing everybody. But there are beer companies. It's a business. You know, if somebody wants to get into marketing, maybe they want to market a beer company. Things like... This is... It's important real-world application. 
when I was in high school, it was all learning from textbooks and, ooh, let's grow a plant in these bio classes. Total bullshit. Nothing interesting. I had a few teachers that did real-world application of stuff. That's the stuff that stuck with me. The rest of it, fuck all. No idea. Now, the comments on this article are really good, too. Um, actually, I posted a reply. I just want to see if anybody said uh, anything in uh, reply to mine. Nah, no. Nah. Oh, wait. Some, somebody liked mine. Uh, who liked it? Damn it. Mouse over. I want to see who liked it. God damn it. I don't know. Somebody liked it. Um, I'll start with the one that's up at top. This is actually a student from the high school that seems to articulate herself and express things better than the so-called journalists that actually did it. This is Rachel Carollo. She said, as a student at Ralston Valley High School, I can tell you right here, right now, that this assignment in no way influences students to drink alcohol. Yes, we learned about the process of alcoholic fermentation, but as it's a very complex process, for students to do it themselves would be ridiculous. Not to mention the extensive notes we took about how alcohol completely messes up your brain as it seeps in from the bloodstream and into the brain to impair judgment and reflexes. Well, I rather like that part of it. God damn it. Seeing video of that doesn't make you want to drink. It makes you want to throw up. Okay, I'm kind of glad I didn't see that in high school then. To the reporter at Nine News, as a journalist at Ralston Valley, an editor for the school newspaper, even I can say how disappointed I, I am in this story. I mean, beer brewing class, are you kidding me? Even though I'm a student, even I can tell you what horrible journalism this is based on the fact that there was only one interview with a parent and a statement from Jeffco, whatever the fuck that is, uh, principal maybe. Uh, did the journalist not think to ask a student or better yet one of the biology teachers? A good journalist is unbiased and looks at both sides of the story instead of blowing what little information they have completely out of proportion. <sighs> so young and innocent. Uh, it's nice when they're idealistic like that. Thank you for your time, and I hope I won't be disappointed by the lack of professionalism. A prestigious news station like Nine News exhibits again. So that was that was a long one. That was a a good good comment there. But then there are some other fantastic ones here, like uh, from Nick Kozell, and the award for helicopter parent of the year goes to this woman. Followed by a reply from Renee McArdle. Agreed, these parents are nightmares. Wonder if we'll see her in the news again when her kid's college doesn't let her move into the dorm so she can keep her little baby safe. It's parents like this who are creating worthless adults who can't do anything on their own or make any decisions by themselves. I work at a college campus myself. I see this. I see the students that can't fight their own fucking battles with their professors and they got to call mommy and daddy and say, we're not going to donate to the school anymore if you don't give our kid an A. There was a big fucking lawsuit with my school. Uh, had to have been maybe uh, 15, 16, 17 years ago where a professor was failing a kid who never showed up to class. Parents complained, said, I'm a big fucking donor. Pass my child. I demand it. Professor said, no. University fires professor. Professor sues university for defamation of character because apparently there was a sexual harassment claim somewhere in there too. And there was a big, big, big payout to this professor. So, yeah. I've, 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 I've seen and heard stories of these students I remember early, early working where I do now, 
I overheard a student on their cell phone walking between buildings, and the the wording on the phone was something kind of like, no, mom, I'm not getting a job. Just send me money. Little fucking weasels, maggots, fucking shithead. Ugh. Yeah. De- Dennis, you know, let's censor information and pretend nothing we each dislike exists in the world rather than educate kids. Yeah, you know, it, let, let, let's, you know, let's let's just block everything out. Instead of actually, you know, talking to our fucking kids. I mean, this is going to lead into another another little news tidbit that I may... Well, you know, I'll probably hit it before break. Um, oh, one more person from these comments, but this is a fucking moron. Judy White from Arvada, Colorado. Yes! An old busybody who can't spell either. Well, I can't can't type or write properly. Quote, maybe we should also teach them to make meth so they get that right also. Yeah, because that makes sense. It is crazy. Oh, she did not capitalize the I in it. And she did not put a space after the period either. It is crazy to think that the school is encouraging this type learning. It may be, not two words, one word maybe. It may be an interesting topic, but that doesn't mean it's appropriate to teach to children. No, it is. It's a fucking natural process. Making meth is not a natural process. If they want to learn about meth, watch Breaking Bad. <sighs> the fermentation of sugars and yeasts and everything, that is a natural process. That can happen in nature. I don't think nature is spontaneously producing meth. (sighs) Okay. (sighs) So I think Judy White from Arvada, Colorado might want to go back to school herself and learn to write properly. Um. (sighs) Let me see here. Last thing I'll hit before break here. Um, damn it, I know I had this somewhere. Had to do with a... Wow. Why do I not have this in here? I'm actually kind of shocked. Uh, let me go to my links here. Okay, maybe I don't have it in here. Let me look at my document. Because I am a professional. Oh, wait, maybe that's it. See, before before the show... I actually had a problem with my keyboard where apparently it completely lost its charge about halfway through when I was pasting stuff in. Um, and I had no idea what was going on. Anyway, I don't have the story up, but apparently it was a UK study where they surveyed, I don't know, surveyed a group. It was probably like a thousand people. And they found that one in five parents have been drunk in front of their children. Now, they're treating this like it's this awful, horrible, apocalyptic thing. To which I say, this could actually be a good thing. Now, I I was always of the mind that, and I saw this happen a lot, where if the parents are really into something, 
sometimes the kid will not be not only not be into that thing, but will kind of go the polar opposite of it. If you have a uh, if you have parents that are like a couple of like big stoners, you run the risk of having a kid that's like total straight edge because they. It may not necessarily be that they don't like what their parents are doing, but they want to rebel. They want to be the opposite. You know, if your parents are the, you know, do everything right squares, well, of course, you know, you want to be, you know, you want to be the rebel to that. You you want to, you know, you want to go out drinking and all that kind of stuff. Um, so in this case, if a child sees their parent drunk, it may put them in the opposite direction. I mean, for me, for instance, I always had it hammered into my head, and it's kind of funny. I'll, I'll get it in a second. Um, I always had it hammered into my head, smoking bad, smoking bad, smoking bad. And then I started smoking when I was like 14 or 15. And I, I smoked for probably... I don't know, probably a good 10 years or so. Um, unbeknownst to me, and I, it, it, I found out that my dad kind of like closet smoked. I don't think he does anymore. But um, my mom, my mom would make mentions of, I, I guess she like, he used to work at like grocery stores and stuff. And I remember one time she caught him like in the freezer cooler having a cigarette or something like that. But, um, the the anti 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 smoking kind of drove me in that direction. I, I had a friend, and I, I remember this friend. I, I think I was twelve at the time. Uh, his name was Dustin, uh, kind of a long haired guy, and he, I see. I I remember I remember this vividly. We were hanging out in a playground, and he was wearing one of those. I, I think it was like kind of like a change or money container. That you might wear to the beach or something so your stuff doesn't get wet. Uh, with like the plastic seal on it and everything. And he was wearing one of those. And I, I never quite understood why he was wearing it. Then he opened it up and oh my god, there were cigarettes in there. Holy shit. Oh my god. Oh my god, this is so bad. This is so bad. And... <sighs> yeah, Dennis doesn't know how to spell Rillin. Uh-huh. Um... And then I thought, oh my god, this is so awful, this is so awful. And then I was like, well, I, I, I just, I just want to try one. Um, and, and, and Mitch in the chat says he didn't start smoking because his dad did it or because of the anti-smoking shit. He started because it makes you look so cool. Honestly, t- to be fair, I did that too. I mean, remember how those, um, those bubblegum cigarettes, not not the candy ones, but the bubblegum ones that had the powdered sugar in them. When you blow out of that, how fucking cool you looked! Um, and I I, I had I had my <laughs> Dennis. I don't think smoking is healthy. I don't know who told you that. If it was Mitch, he's lying. He's trying to kill you. Um, but I I, I started smoking. I think I was probably about fourteen or fifteen. And me, of course, I couldn't drive yet, and I was too chicken shit to try and go to some gas station and buy them by myself because I, at that time, I did look way too young. Um, but I had asked someone um, in one of my cl- <laughs> actually, I remember this. 
it was a girl I sat next to in my biology class in high school. Um, or I'm, I'm sorry, not biology, physical science. I knew that she smoked and I wanted her to get a pack of cigarettes for me. And the first pack of cigarettes I got were, I think it was either Marlboro Menthol Lights or Marlboro Menthol Light 100s. I think they it may have been 100s because that was what my girlfriend at the time was smoking. So why I didn't ask my girlfriend to just get the cigarettes for me, I don't know. But uh gave her the money, she got them for me, and from there, you know, I just kept going. I, you know, went for, I don't know how I started on menthols. Went into regular Marlboro Lights, Winston Lights. Um, I think Winston Lights were probably the rest, last regular brand that I bought. Although if camels were on sale, you know, shit like that. I, I, I smoked for 10 years. Um, and I, I think it was, it was kind of a rebelling kind of thing. I, I got caught a number of times. Um, you know, I, 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 I would smoke on the way to school. I, I, shit, I, I, in my goth smaze, goth phase, not smaze. Um, I, Mitch says that I got into the menthol because I apparently, I'm not, I'm, I'm not leaving this clean. Um, the, the, the penis of African-American gentleman, Mitch says that would be perhaps a preference of mine. No, 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 not clean, not clean, not clean. Of course, I know Mitch, he'll probably cut that up into something frightening. Um, but I, during my goth phase, I was smoking cloves on the way to school too. And obviously that, that'll really, really leave a scent on you. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, my kid, my kid has seen me drunk more than enough times. And obviously he's barely even two yet. He's not going to remember this shit. I mean, I don't really remember stuff until I was about two and a half. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be careful with that. But, um, going back in the chat here, Mitch says his dad's an alcoholic to the point where he had to quit Sherry's dad too. Both of them like to drink. I mean, we, we've talked about it on the show. We've talked about it in the chat, but they don't get shitty like their parents did. And that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at too. If if I got to the point where I was getting shitty ass drunk every goddamn night, okay, I would realize I have a problem. And there was there was a period where, especially days were really 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 bad at work, where I was getting fucking plastered every night just to kind of escape from that. And then I realized, okay, I got to cut back. I, I think I quit drinking for like a week. I know, eh, big deal, a week. <laughs> you should go to AA. But it it kind of, you know, wake up call for me there. But I, I think those of us that, li- you know, those of you guys that listen to this show realize that while I am probably somewhat functional alcoholic, um, yes, okay, Dennis is right. That's how I tell myself I'm not an alcoholic. I don't vomit in the parking lot every time, just sometimes. I haven't even, I haven't even finished this bottle of Kvasir yet. So, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm slowing it down right now. Mm. Uh, yeah. And uh, Mitch says their parents drank to get drunk and fucked up. Mitch drinks because he actually enjoys the taste of his beers. Can't afford to get shitty drunk off his beers. Yeah. The beers I really enjoy, they're they're too pricey to just waste on getting completely fucked up. 
if it's a day where I haven't eaten a lot or something like that and it's a high alcohol content and I happen to get fucked up, okay, fine. But yeah, and, and Mitch, I, I'm in total agreement with that. He says he doesn't like getting drunk anymore, hates the feeling the next day. I, more and more as time has gone on, and I, I think part of it is that I've just completely neglected to rehydrate myself. I'm not particularly hung over the next day, but I, I don't feel exactly peppy. And I feel, you know, I'll end up with a mild headache, not full on, you know, thumping hangover headache. But nowadays, I, I, I want to enjoy what I'm drinking. And I don't want to just chug, 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 you know, especially when, when you drink when you're thirsty kind of thing. That's, that's the worst. Um, like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not even through this huge bottle yet. There's a 10% alcohol one. I still got, you know, good amount left in it. So it just just shows you. Well, I don't know. Where the fuck was I going with this? (sighs) Drinking and being drunk in front of your kids is not, you know, the end of the world. Within reason. Now, if you're drunk every night in front of your kids, if you're drunk neglecting your kids... That's a problem. Me, when I when I get happy drunk, I'm playing with my kid. I mean, I'm, I'm you know turning him upside down, flipping him over, you know, chasing him around the house and everything, you know, shit like that. If I was angry, drunk, alcoholic, I wouldn't be able to do that, and I'd probably be you know backhanding him if he was making too much noise or something. Which I can't imagine doing that. Yeah, I'm thankful that I am not angry, angry, drunk guy. Um. Did this just did this just turn into like some weird confessional kind of thing? I don't know. <sighs> I should probably hit break. It's ten after seven right now. Jesus Christ. Uh... <laughs> okay, Mitch is right. If GTA is still a thing when I shit out babies, I think that'll distract me from uh, from the more than beer would. Yeah, yeah. I I was playing GTA last night. My kid jumped on my lap. And my car crashed and then flipped about 15 times. Yeah, so it wasn't the beer doing it. It was the kid. Um, <laughs> and Dennis is about to have a Guinness float. Fuck yeah. What kind of ice cream, dude? What kind of ice cream? Because remember, Patrick in uh, in the uh, Facebook group did not like our floats. I'm hoping you're using like vanilla bean. Although, straight up chocolate would probably go very well with the Guinness too. Oh, okay. Just vanilla. Nice. Very good. Son of a bitch! Level 42, Mitch! Ah, I'm still like level 11 on the verge of level 12. I gotta play more this weekend. God damn it. Okay. <sighs> I gotta queue a break here. Had to rescue it from the Dropbox because for some reason my Dropbox decided to like eat half of my stuff. I have no idea why. I have no idea what happened. Um... Make sure that's queued up. Okay. So, I have some stories that I am going to hit after break, and chances are I'm barely going to hit any of them. I, I, I know I got the new beer releases and reveals for the week. Definitely getting to those. Um, Australian man banned from driving after consuming 90 cans of beer. There's a new world's strongest beer that I could hold off till next week if, if I want. Um... Let's see. First American Trappist Brewery 
There's an outrage over a Texas beer that I may hold off on because that's another angry Kev kind of thing. Georgia man goes into Burning House to rescue his beer. Guess what kind of beer it was. And like I said before, the new releases and reveals for the week. So I'll be back after this. Alcohol by volume on morelikeradio.com. Kevin Show. Hey! It's the name of the show. Hey! More like radio, less like crap. Listen to Unsigned Hype every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on morelikeradio.com. It's hosted by Sir Darkseid, a.k.a. at Rules on Twitter. Check out the show for dope interviews, exclusive releases from artists such as Brother Ali, Mally, Kelly Mays, Lex Leosis, MOA, and Aesop Rock. It doesn't get better than this every Tuesday night on morelikeradio.com. It's the Unsigned Hype. Unsigned Hype. Wednesday night at 11 p.m., tune into More Like Radio for two hours of wrestling talk on Markout Radio with Dark Fox and Friends. Fistful of assholes! Excuse me? Fistful of assholes? Really? You want me to say that? Just do the bit. <sighs> All right, you're such a diva now that you have your own show with guest host Punchy, Greenway, and whoever else shows up on Skype, or in Fox's creepy basement studio. The smell of cum and beer doesn't make it creepy. Maybe not, but the fleshlight does. Listen, I have a healthy sexual appetite. Thank you very much. What are the anal beads for? Can you just do the bit? Ugh, fine. Jesus, and you wonder why people get Marianne through the audio bits. Markout Radio live every Wednesday night from 11 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. This is it, the apocalypse. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden, okay? <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you <laughs> relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh, my God. God, what are you I meant doing? I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I, I hope you end your life. Now, <laughs> get <off the> mic- <laughs> now get off the microphone while I talk to my pal. Hey, you. Yes, you guessed 10,542,000. Change your username. And while you're in the More Like Radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. Right there on the right, stupid. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? 
Well, listen to Anti-Social Gamer Radio, Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Are you a fan of comics? What about obscure movies and TV shows? Well then, you are in luck because every Friday, Nerd Hour is here to talk about those completely and utterly awesome things. So join Punchy, Ariel, and now Cornax as we talk the things that people claim prevent you from getting laid, but are balls anyway. The Nerd Hour, every Friday night from 11pm to 1am, only on More Like Radio. Spoon! Recently on The Conti and Kenny Show. Ah, uh, you kidding? And I'm watching. They also put on the thing that Honey Boo Boo's like the whole computer just froze up. Oh, really? Too much shit on here. Um, that's basically what she said. She's like, "Hey, Marquis, what's going on? I'm coming back for round two. And the guy was like, uh, "He basically was like, you need to be quiet." And then asked her for her ID, and her ID was in her car. So he told her she was banned from the mall. For not having an ID. It's like, really, dude? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, uh, the Adobe plugin has crashed. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Everything just went right in the toilet. Holy shit. I gotta. That's the Flight 800 of Adobe players. <laughs> I gotta do the. Uh... <laughs> the Flight 800 of the Adobe players. <laughs> The Conti and Kenny Show. Talking bollocks for fuck knows how many years. Join Marianne and Kitty on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard, and their life is better than yours. Damn right, it's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to charge. Daytime Divas, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on morelikeradio.com. High Society Radio is now part of morelikeradio.com. Who's all part of the more like the uh, more like radio cavalcade of stars? Oh, who, who are you joining there? Oh well, Hippo Juice—they're the the soul behind More right. Like Radio, and we're we're jumping on there. High Society Radio—that is. What other what other kind of shows are over there though? Oh, there's there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster that's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's ain't social gamer radio. There's the red show. There's daytime divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No, you're fucking with a family. Yeah, a real family, a family of gangsters. Take the edge off. MoreLikeRadio.com. It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Hey, this is Will from Tattoos and Touchdowns. And Espo, as always. Check us out every Sunday from 10 a.m. to noon exclusively on MoreLikeRadio.com. If you're ready for pro wrestling like it's never been seen before, pro wrestling meant for an adult audience, and pro wrestling where nobody says brother or tells you you can't see them, check out Combat Zone Wrestling, the most innovative, high-flying, hard-hitting, ultra-violent promotion on the planet today. Combat Zone Wrestling. Visit us 
at www.czwrestling.com. The Elvis and Albert Show, Thursdays, morelikeradio.com, 5 to 7. I'm Elvis Cage. I'm Alfred. I'm Jameson. And on the phone? It's Bill. I'm phoning in. Always phoning it in. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Halfpenny Pub of Sayville. That's right. Punk rock music. Independent music. And all the rest of the things that we speak about. Crazy party stuff. <laughs> Here on morelikeradio.com. And elvisandalfred.com, 24-7. Yarr! The Elvis and Alfred Show. Hi, this is Marianne from Lust and Love. Recently, we decided the show needed more dicks, so we found the manliest man we knew to fill the spot. Dark Fox. I know this is weird, but my boyfriend broke up with me because my dick is too short. He praised me about my skills and all, but is this a really good reason for a breakup? Because it's really hurting me until now. I can't seem to forget all the memories we had together. I know this can't be the reason, or maybe because he met another guy. I really cannot get over him, because once he told me, I love your dick, whilst he was stroking it. That's the reason I will never let go. Lust in love, now gayer than ever. And that's saying a lot, considering we used to have Hammy on the show. Join us Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. A ton of lineups stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. MoreLikeRadio.com Other internet radio stations are gay. Free beer! 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 Hello, I'm here for the free beer. You got it. Right after these 800 people get beer, 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 beer. And we are back on. Alcohol by volume on morelikeradio.com. And if you want to Skype in, Skype name is alcohol by volume, all one word. And the phone number, 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. I have no idea what the fuck happened with my Dropbox today. Something was not syncing properly at all. Uh, my rejoiners got all missing and screwed up and I don't know what was going on. I uh, can't even blame it on my drinking because I was doing shit when I was at work today. So, I don't fucking know. Uh, what the fuck is that in the chat there, Dennis? I, I'm assuming that is some sort of beer in a stein. And, uh, oh, wait, that's your that's your float, isn't it? Oh, god damn it. Oh, oh. Wait, is that, is, that, is that a wired mouse behind you? Ew. Ew. Who... Who uses a wired mouse anymore? Dude! No! Ew! <sighs> Logitech wireless optical, dude. All the way. Um, <laughs> getting into too much tech talk here. <sighs> um, 
And if anybody's interested, uh, pre-orders are up for The Walking Dead Season 2 from Telltale Games on Steam. If you pre-order, 10% off, because that game is fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. And if, if you want to find out more about that, check out the... Um, Check out the MLR Gamer Lobby, which is... I've posted a couple links there for it, which is... Let's see here. MLR Gamer Lobby. It is facebook.com slash group slash MLR Gamer Lobby. This encompasses uh, both Elite Speakers on Wednesday nights before Hippo Juice and Antisocial Gamer Radio, which is on earlier today, I believe, uh, 3 Eastern, 3 to 5 Eastern time. I don't know UK time because... Who cares about UK time? But check it out. Great shows. Um, well, Elite Speakers is a great show, whatever they actually do a show. Uh, but uh, Ashley does a show every week, and uh, he fucking kills it every fucking week. Okay. Man banned from driving after consuming, quote, 90 cans of beer. Now, this is uh, from Australia. Um, wait. <laughs> Optical. Laser mice? They're... Well, f- fuck laser mice. We're, are, laser mice suck. Fuck it. I'm all optical, dude. Optical Logitech all over... Well, okay. Yeah, if it works on glass, I suppose the laser mice are actually pretty cool in that respect. But... Wait, wait what the fuck are you doing using a mouse on glass? I have a wood desk. Be classy. Come on. Um... Where the fuck was I? Suddenly went into my Gmail and got distracted. God damn. Okay. So this man, Australian man, banned from driving after being caught over the limit and admitting that he had drunk 90 cans of beer the previous day. Now, aside from his liver handling that, I'm trying to figure out the timing the timing needed to do that. For instance, I take a can of soda. It will take me... You're not going to chug every single every single can. So let's say an average of, I don't know, 10 minutes per can. So it's 10 minutes. Let me open my calculator. 10 minutes per can times 90. That is 900 minutes divided by 60 equals... Logically, it should have taken this guy somewhere around 15... He would have been drinking for 15 hours. I have some pretty good resilience when it comes to drinking. But even I need to slow down a bit from time to time. This is basically assuming he was drinking for 15 hours straight... 10 minutes, per, 10 minutes average per can. I don't see this happening. Anyway, officers asked if he had been drinking. He said that if he had finished finished drinking at 6 p.m. the previous day. So that would mean... See, again, he would have had to start before 6 a.m. I don't understand this. He added he had consumed between 80 and 90 full-strength cans of Melbourne bitter beer and hadn't eaten while consuming the alcohol. Well, you know what? If he hadn't eaten and he was drinking, I think he may be a little mistaken about how much he had drank. Uh, they say consuming 90 cans is the equivalent of drinking more than 50, or 58 pints of beer. 
police then took Warren to the Bathurst police station for a further breath test, and he recorded .108, which is more than double the legal limit. And honestly, for drinking 90 full-strength cans, uh, that doesn't seem that high. Uh, Let's see. uh, Magistrate Michael Allen convicted Warren, who represented himself in court. And the man that represents himself has a fool for a client. He was also fined uh, $450 Australian, had his license suspended for six months. So uh, that's kind of a kind of a lame penalty. <laughs> um, yeah, eh, I don't know. It, it, interesting story, but I, I, I doubt the legitimacy of the actual number of cans there. OK, uh, Mitch, Mitch has a good point there. Drank 90 beers, got a point one oh eight. What was he drinking? Bud Light. Um, and this, let's see, this this Melbourne bitter beer. You know what? Let me actually let, let, let me let me do a little bit of research here. I'm gonna hit up Beer Advocate, which uh, I I don't like the owners of Beer Advocate, but as a site, it is a good resource. Melbourne bitter. Let's see the alcohol content of this. It's an American. It's an Australian beer, but it's an American adjunct lager. What the fuck? 4.6% alcohol by volume, whereas Bud Light... What's Bud Light? Bud Light is... uh, Bud Light is 4.2. So, (laughs) you are not that far off there, Mitch. Um, Damn it, Mitch. Or, (laughs) not Mitch. I like Mitch. Damn it, Dennis! Um said in the chat another way i convince myself i'm not an alcoholic finding stories about other people drinking for 15 hours straight what come on i mean you're you're right dennis you want to be my therapist you know oh and back to the whole mouse thing uh mitch says his dinner table is a glass table so okay sorry mitch sorry i i suck i'm sorry um And I think Dennis just um, suggested he is going to rape me, uh, a la uh, Sean Connery. I'll take the rapist for 500, Alex. If anybody gets that joke. I, I, I'm realizing that the, those sketches are probably, I don't know, those sketches are probably a good 15, 16, 17, 18 years old at this point. If you don't understand the reference, Google it, and you're too fucking young. Okay, uh, world has new strongest beer. In my opinion, are these beers really necessary, or is this just a bunch of fucking random jock style dick waving? Like, yeah, our beer's the strongest. Fuck you. I mean, I I I enjoy a strong beer, ten percent alcohol by volume, thirteen percent. That's good. I mean. One bottle of that, I'm good. Now this, it's from Brewmeister. It's called Snake Venom, and they have it on the label, the world's strongest beer. It is a 67% alcohol by volume. One bottle costs 50 pounds. Of course, they use freeze distillation during the fermentation process because that's the only way you can get these high alcohol contents. Now, Brewmeister actually held the record 
Previously, for a strongest beer, it was called Armageddon. It was 65% as opposed to the 67% here. But people said it didn't taste strong enough, said it was too weak. There's probably a reason for that, and it makes me not trust this particular brewing company. According to a commenter on this article from The Drinks Business, Armageddon was professionally lab-tested and only came up as 11%. Brewmeister never commented on the criticism in any professional way. So I wonder if Snake Venom is going to fall to this same issue or if they're going to actually be smart this time and not fuck around with people. I mean, even, you know, if you're going to fake your alcohol level, at least do it within realistic levels. You look at Sam Adams' Utopias, which I'm actually going to mention the 2013 release a little bit later. Um, you look at Sam Adams' Utopias, I think those are... Let me see. Let me fiddle through here. Uh, it's going to be... That one, um, the 2013 vintage, is going to be 28% alcohol. If you're going to fake it, don't fake it so ridiculously high especially when it can be tested otherwise. So this this Brewmeister Brewing Company, I'm a little suspicious of them. Um, but uh, Snake Venom, latest creation from Brewmeister in Moray. I assume that's somewhere in the UK. Brewed with smoked peat malt and two varieties of yeast, one beer and one champagne. Um... Snake Venom is definitely sharper in taste. With Armageddon, we actually tried to disguise the taste by making it quite oily. No, you disguise the taste by making it lower alcohol, fuckers. We thought if it was too strong, people wouldn't like it. But the problem we found is that people said we shouldn't have tried to cover up the intensity. See, the thing is, if people are going to try and get these world's strongest beers, they're going to expect the strength from it. You don't want to mask it. If if they're buying what is supposed to be a 65% alcohol by volume beer, they are expecting it to fucking kick them in the teeth. Like, Sam Adams' Utopias, I really want to genuinely try to get a bottle of the 2013 vintage. Um, and, and when I'm done with it, I'm, I'm keeping that fucking bottle because that's a cool looking bottle. But you're expecting that goddamn kick in the teeth from from that alcohol level. It would be like if um, a, a vodka maker, a whiskey maker, like, well, we didn't want it to feel too strong to our drinkers, so we tried to mask it. No, 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 no. People want that kick. I mean, I, I, I have this, um, I have the moonshine here, and my wife actually noted the other day that I haven't drank much of it, which means I should probably... You know, take a little swig right now, which I will do in a second. Um, it's a 35% alcohol, 70 proof. Now, the strength is somewhat masked through the natural flavors. This is the apple pie one. God damn it. Oh, these are fucking hard to open. Fucking jars. But you still get that kick from it. Yeah, you have some flavor to it, but there's, you want the flavor and the kick, which is why I'm going to take a swig here. This could be a problem, even though the show's almost over. 
Huh? Son of a bitch. Ah, that is pretty good though. Midnight Moon Moonshine. Apple pie flavor. Delicious with a kick. So you want that kick. So I don't know what Brewmeister was trying to do with the previous one. Um, let's see. Somebody else in the comments on this article says there's an extremely simple test. Solutions of alcohol stronger than about 57% are flammable. Incidentally, this is how the word proof was coined. If the beer burns, it's extremely strong. So if Armageddon didn't burn, they were faking it. They were completely fucking faking it. Uh, let me check the chat. Just oh. Dennis doesn't like the way I say champagne. So I'm going to always say that for Dennis. So next time I see Dennis face to face, the first words I will say to him are champagne. Reminds me of a character I did called Raul. People thought he was very sexy because of the way he said his name. Raul. Okay, I'm not getting into that because that's not this. That's not that kind of show. That would be uh, more suited for Lust and Love, which um, they could probably use a character after um, after I apparently killed Melvin. Still haunted by Melvin. Uh, um. Yeah, it, it, that's pretty much it with this article. They, they kind of go into how like Brewdog was going back and forth with them with tactical tactical nuclear penguin at thirty two percent back in twenty ten. Uh, Shore Sprow then did a beer at thirty one percent. Also, um, d- 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 Brewdog did end of history with fifty five percent. Shore Sprow did a fifty seven percent brew. So, I mean, there's honestly there's a bunch of dick waving. It, it's not really trying to produce a great beer it's trying to say how high can we get the alcohol content and still have it be considered beer at this point i i understand there's some amount of pride behind it but at some point just stop just stop sam adams utopias i think they do it right yes it is a high alcohol content but not ridiculously high. Like I said, 28%, but they're actually trying to do something with that. It's a, it's a $200 fucking dollar bottle. But again, I'll get into uh, this year's variety uh, before the end of the show. The first American Trappist Brewery. Now, uh, for those of you that are longtime listeners of the show, you remember my Belgian beer show, I got into the Trappist Breweries. Trappist Breweries, it, it is a very specific designation. You actually have to be certified, as it were, uh, by the Catholic Order of the Cistery... Um, I'm sorry, let me pronounce this right. Cistercians of the Strict Observance, which is the OCSO, better known as Trappists. If you look at a beer, particularly a lot of Belgian beers that are marketed as Trappist ales and whatnot, you'll see the authentic Trappist product stamp. When I was out buying beer this weekend, I was looking um, at a lot of the... um, It it was in the shelves with the bomber-sized bottles and then the 
basically the 12 ounce bottles that run like, you know, eight, nine, ten dollars. A lot of them, uh, like Trappist Rockfort, stuff like that. You see on the bottle, you have that stamp on there. That means that this is authentic. They're not trying to fuck you over trying to say, Oh yeah, this was, this might have been made by monks because we make it sound like it's made by monks. Um, American Trappist sounds ominous. Well, yeah. Uh, so, uh, this one is the first officially sanctioned Trappist brewery at St. Joseph's Abbey of Spencer's, I'm sorry, Spencer, not Spencer's, Spencer, Massachusetts. They will be adding brewing to their daily routine and selling under the name Spencer Brewing Company. The Abbey was established in upstate New York in 1950, and they are part of the OCSO, the Trappists. Uh, I believe I have uh, some sort of image here. Yeah, I do. Okay. Let me post this in the chat here. And I know it's the latter, latter part of the show, but if you're listening live and you're not in the chat, join in more like radio.com slash live. And God damn it. Why is that not showing as an image? Wow. It wants to, wants me to sign into fucking Yahoo. Well, fuck that. Uh, let me see. Uh, official. You know what? I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I'm just gonna get this. Get this image from Google. And say, fuck Yahoo. Because, fuck Yahoo. And this, I will, I will post in, wow, that's, that's actually kinda cool. It's, it's a, um, it's a shirt that has the official Trappist product stamp on it. So you'll get the kind of idea. If you see this on a beer, that is officially sanctioned by the Trappists. So anyway, if you're actually ever interested in the official list of recognized Trappist brewers, you can find it at ocso.org. Um, I want to say there is... Let's see. There's an article I had up. And ah, they're not helping me here. Chrome, why are you fucking me here? God damn technology. Uh, apparently there are 175 on that list at the Order's official website. So, you know, it, it, it is an exclusive group. Another interesting thing to note with this St. Joseph's Abbey of Spencer, Massachusetts, they have a uh, they apparently sell preserves too. They've been selling them since 1954. Uh, they also sell liturgical vestments to, and they run a farm to fund the Abbey. Um, apparently the Scarmont Abbey, which makes Shimei, is helping the monks of St. Joseph's in some capacity, whether through education, logistical support, or just consultation. So... They are getting a little bit of, um, I, I guess you could say, consultation from somebody that's been in the game for a pretty long time. But First American Trappist Brewery. It's interesting because you will get some genuine, well, I guess you could say genuine, Belgian-style beers, but made domestically and under the Trappist seal. If you're into Belgian beer and you live in the U.S., it's kind of a big deal. I think it's cool. 
Maybe it's just me. I don't know. So this is the last thing I'm probably going to get to uh, before I do the new beer releases and reveals for the week. I will admit the Kvasir and its 10% alcohol content suddenly hit me quite a bit. I am not complaining, though, as I drip Blackberry Wood beer down my chin. This is what you guys live for. The fucking second half of the show. It's never going to be as good as that vodka show, but yeah, I try. Um, okay. Texas beer accused of promoting rape culture. Oh, no. Texas beer company has been criticized for using the tagline goes down easy to advertise one of its beers, Dallas Blonde. I will post this in the chat. This is the delivery van for this particular brew. Looks innocent enough, right? Big pink van says goes down easy. Dallas Blonde. It's a, it's a, it's like a doll head with a wig on it kind of thing. A drawn wig. Um... So this this is another one from the drinksbusiness.com. The Deep Ellum Brewing Company in Dallas was celebrating the beer's first anniversary with a new wave of marketing featuring the beer and the phrase on its delivery vans, leading critics to claim the company was relying on rape culture to sell the product. Oh my God! I'm a liberal and I'm outraged! That's basically what they're saying. Although alluding to the beer being very drinkable with a logo featuring a doll in a blonde wig, the use of the tagline is a very obvious double entendre. Well, people use double entendres in marketing beers. And, honestly, okay, goes down easy. If a woman is going down... You know what that term means? She's sucking your cock. And when it comes to rape, usually unless it's in a prison, I don't think there is a lot of cock-sucking rape going on. I mean, unless unless it's a gunpoint, then all bets are off. But if a woman goes down easy... Uh, you know, she's going to suck your cock without a second thought. Simple as that. That's... uh, Fucking... uh, The buzzwords all over the goddamn place. Rape culture. Bullying. Um... And I go back to that fucking mom with the goddamn... Her precious snowflake and the beer brewing class, which is really a biology class. Anyway. Ah, writing on the political blog Burnt Orange Report, I'm surprised I'm not familiar with that, Genevieve Cato, which she sounds like a barrel of laughs, said that the use of a well-worn sexist comparison of women to alcohol was disappointing and insulting, adding that it fueled the acceptability of rape culture. Can't you just accept that some women, not all, but some, 
just like to suck a dick. Simple as that. Simple as that. And, uh, this is fucking marketing. They're going with the double entendre. They're not saying, oh, this beer is going to make you suck a dick. If it did, the guys wouldn't be drinking it. Well, some of the guys might be, but not all of them. Ugh. Um, brewery owner John Reardon admitted there had been some negative response to the campaign, but insisted the catchphrase was merely a play on words and apologized to anyone offended. Everybody's offended over everything. The phrase will also be removed from delivery vans. Ugh! But not from the can. Thank you! I mean, I, I'm... Ugh! I... Ten years ago, I don't remember all these fucking companies giving in to this bullshit pressure of people. This offends me. Take it off of there. I don't remember everybody succumbing to this bullshit. Oh, I mean, okay. At least they kept it on the goddamn cans. It, take it off the vans, fine, whatever. It's a half measure. If they took it off the cans. Um, and and let's see uh, Reardon said I think it's completely out of proportion complete overreaching likening a tongue-in-cheek campaign to sexist capitalism and rape culture that's just gone too far yeah because yeah this beer is saying yeah go rape someone yeah our beer our beer says go rape Dallas Bond, you'll rape someone. Fuck. So fucking annoyed with the atmosphere nowadays. And everybody's oversensitive about everything. On the left and the right, no matter what, fucking people get offended about anything. (sighs) <sighs> the beer industry is no stranger to brand names which are close to the bone. Early last year, the drinks business reported on a British beer in the House of Commons bar called Top Toddy. The beer was banned after several MPs complained that it was sexist. The beer subsequently sold out. Honestly, you complain about these beers, you're just fucking marketing them. I mean, look at how um, Founders Breakfast Stout is illegal in... Fuck, was it? I think it was New Hampshire, was it? I, I reported on this last week. At least the bottles. You just make people want it more. You make them fucking want it more. And this is just. This is just ridiculous. Ugh. People overreact to goddamn everything. Okay. Close out these tabs and get into my new beer releases and reveals for the week. I apparently killed the chat because I think I scared everybody off. (sighs) This is from Terrapin Brewing. This is... Hold on. Let me actually... uh, Let me do this here. Exit Dropbox. For some reason, it's not syncing and I have no idea why. Um, Terrapin Brewing, there's a, there's a fucking mouthful of a name. Cinnamon Rolled WNB Coffee Oatmeal Imperial Stout. 
Now, uh, let me actually post the picture of this label in the chat. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, whoa, that didn't work. That was very odd. Apparently my typing has uh, gotten markedly worse as I have been imbibing. Here we go. Wait, what the fuck? Oh, son of a... I apparently... <sighs> son of a bitch. You know, Kevin, it helps if you actually copy the link and not post the same picture repeatedly. That is helpful. And I... Uh, wow. I apparently froze the chat in my browser. Oh, I apparently froze the browser, too. That's fucking delightful. Uh, okay. Well, if the browser unfreezes, I'll uh, I'll post the image in there. But otherwise, eh, you're fucked. Um, oh, wait, that's what I wanted to do. Wasn't really frozen. See, I need I need to learn how to read because a pop up window said, "Hey, delete." Okay. Okay. Fuck, fuck my tech problems. Let me post that. Okay, that's Terrapin Brewing Cinnamon Roll WNB Coffee Oatmeal Imperial Stout. It is based on their original Wake and Bake Coffee Oatmeal Imperial Stout. Now, you see on this label, it says WNB instead of Wake and Bake. Well, technically it's WNB because the government didn't like the double entendre. Thanks, Obama. Ugh. Now this, I really, 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 really... Really want to find this. The combination of flavors, it appeals to me. If you go from the label, the WNB Coffee Oatmeal Imperial Stout has been a crowd favorite on the Terrapin Monster Beer Tour for the past several years. We figured it was about time to put a new uh, twisted up spin on an old favorite. Sorry, I'm trying to read small text. Uh, Oh, that zooms it in. Uh, so for a very limited release run, we decided to add a little morning treat to the mix. The Terrapin Cinnamon Rolled WNB has a delicious flavor of freshly baked, ha <laughs> ha baked in quotes, <laughs> because they're talking about wake and bake and weed. <laughs> Cinnamon Rolls that completes our version of breakfast in a glass. Now I, son of a bitch, Dennis, I hate you. Ugh. Then I, wait, no, this is rapist, No. For anybody that's not in the chat right now, Dennis posted my picture on a, or posted my head on a picture of the authentic Trappist product beer shirt, but he, um, he omitted the T, uh, T at the beginning of Trappist and one of the P's, so now it just says authentic rapist product. I am not a rapist. I am, I am not a, uh, wait, fuck, how did that go in the adventures of Todd Margaret? I am not a racist. I am not a rapist. I am not a racist rapist. Well, okay, I take that back. I'm not a rapist, but I probably am a racist in some respect. <sighs> Fuck! Run out of time. Gotta do this. Gotta do this. Um, Imperial Stout with coffee and cinnamon. God damn you guys sidetracking me. You know I do that when I'm drunk. Um, 9.4% alcohol by volume. It's going to be in 22-ounce bottles. Rivals to be uh, determined. It has a December kind of feel to me, just depending on the flavors there. I'm really hoping I see this. I see Terrapin beers out here, but I've never seen the original Wake and Bake before, so yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to see this. 
Next one, Victory Brewing Winter Cheers Wheat Ale. It's a departure from their usually heavier winter warmers that you see. Uh, it's a spiced wheat with notes of banana, clove, and citrus. 6.7% alcohol by volume available now in six packs. So that was a quickie one. This one I mentioned earlier in the show is Woodchuck. They're getting into the smoked brew craze. Uh, actually, I have an image of this one, too. It is the Woodchuck... Uh, I'm sorry. Woodchuck Hard Cider Cellar Series Smoked Apple. Uh, let me post this image in the chat for those of you that have not wandered away from my rambling. So... Part of the Cellar Series, collaboration with Vermont Smoke and Cure, which is a local restaurant for them. Woodchuck cider maker John Madsen, he filled their custom smokehouse with apple pomace, the uh, pulpy residue left behind after apples are pressed for juice. The pomace was smoked with maple and applewood chips and then brought back to the cidery. The resulting flavor is described as having, quote, strong, crisp apple notes with hints of vanilla that are balanced on an applewood smoked backdrop, a well-balanced, limited-run cider that's perfect for the cooler days ahead. I'm very curious to taste a smoked cider. It's going to be in 22-ounce bombers, which I have a feeling I'm not going to see it because I never see bombers of woodchuck. 6.5% alcohol by volume, limited release. And then uh, we got Sam Adams Utopias 2013. It's being blended with Cosmic Mother Funk a barrel-aged ale that's actually used in all the Sam Adams Barrel Room Collection beers. Cosmic Mother Funk has never been sold just on its own. Um, so you're never going to taste that. Additionally, portions of this year's batch, so I guess they're kind of splitting up in a way, they're going to be aged in single-use Buffalo Trace bourbon casks. Some will also be aged in port casks from Portugal. Like I said earlier, it's going to be 28% alcohol by volume. It's a 1% drop from last year. Not a big deal. I mean, 29, 28, you're, it's still strong. It's supposed to have sweetness at first, of van, uh, maple and vanilla, followed by a bourbon flavor. Then the Cosmic Mother Funk brings in pepper flavors to balance the sweetness, along with some sourness and a slight cherry flavor. It's supposed to be hitting stores in a few weeks. I would really, really, really like to get a bottle bottle of this to try live on the show. Um, <sighs> retail price is $200. So I will gladly accept donations from my generous listenership. If you're interested in donating to my PayPal account, which I promise any donations will go specifically to a Utopia's bottle, uh, hit me up on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S, or if you want to use the show Twitter, at MLR underscore alcohol. Um, that would be fucking awesome. And, uh, I guess I'll hit this last one here. Lagunitas Brown Sugar. It's back. It's actually been on a bit of a hiatus. Really quick, since I only got about a minute left in the show. Post this in the chat here for anybody that is still listening. Um... This was cut from Lagunitas lineup a couple of years ago due to the cost of brewing it. For every case of brown sugar that they brewed, uh, they were short three cases of their other daily beers. So it kind of tells you they were shortchanging themselves there. The brewery has since expanded, so brown sugar's back. It was originally created by Accent in 1997. It was a failed batch of their old gnarly wine, barley wine. They tried to fix it with brown sugar, and uh, brown sugar was created. So 12-ounce bottles, 9.84, pretty precise, 
alcohol by volume. It's re- returning as a seasonal winter, I assume. That, I will leave it at that for this week because uh, I'm running out of time. I don't want to cut the J5's time. Check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Be sure to like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Follow me on Twitter, like I mentioned before, at E-D-I-C-I-U-S. That's Odysseus, no matter how, many, how anybody else pronounces it. Or at MLR underscore alcohol. Look me up on Untapped. You can friend me, alcohol by volume, all one word. Coming up next, unsigned hype with J5. Always a great fucking show. Followed by Dutch and Royce at 10. I will see you guys next week. Alcohol by volume later.